Welcome to Seaside 101 Season 2. We're your hosts, Brody Hillman, Ryan Barroza, and Abby Nofield. This podcast is a collaboration between Seaside High School Future Business Leaders of America and the City of Seaside. For Season 2 of this podcast, we are going to continue to deep dive into what makes Seaside, Seaside. Our goal is to educate the public and inspire people to get involved in their communities. On today's episode of Seaside 101, we will be talking about small businesses, hiring, and workforce. For our first guest, we have Jessica Newhall, Deputy Director at the Small Business Development Center. Okay, welcome. We're glad to have you here. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Jessica Newhall. I'm the Associate Director of the Clatsop Community College Small Business Development Center. Awesome. Uh, What is your role in the Small Business Development Center? Sure. I am the Associate Director, as I mentioned, and I oversee our core programs, which are providing one-on-one business advising and counseling to small business owners, as well as training and educational programs. Hmm. Right on. Um, What else does, like, what what kind of programs, what kind of benefits do people get from working with you? Sure. In Clatsop County, the majority of our small businesses are micro-enterprises, so organizations with 10 or fewer employees. In a lot of cases, it's five or fewer. Here in Seaside, there's 1,600 licensed businesses within the, um, within the city, and those range from really small, tiny micro-businesses, sole proprietors, to larger enterprises. Um, At the Small Business Development Center, our job is to support the business owner. So we support the individual entrepreneur, whether that is somebody who is just a solopreneur, so they are doing the business that they want to do to generate income for themselves, up to larger business owners. And so we provide two services. The the first service that is really our core service is one-on-one free and confidential business advising. And the secondary service is low-cost educational and um, workshops and training programs designed specifically to help entrepreneurs in specific business areas, whether it's how to start a business more effectively, how to get financing, how to manage employees, how to um, grow your business, how to do marketing, all those kinds of things. So we're really looking at business from the idea stage to the exit stage and supporting the entrepreneurs along that path. Nice. Uh, what are some trends you've noticed in growing businesses? Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, the pandemic shook so many things up. Right. And as you likely saw, it had an incredible disruption here in, in our community. But it's been really amazing to see it rebound. We've seen, you know, we're lucky in the way that Seaside is positioned to be kind of almost a suburb of Portland now. And when people couldn't travel elsewhere, they traveled more locally. So we had this influx of tourism and the strength of the economy through, you know, post-pandemic really allowed um, our community to continue to flourish and grow. Um, To that end, one of the other outcomes of the pandemic were that people didn't want to work in traditional work environments anymore. So we have seen an unprecedented number of startups in our community. And this is a a trend that we see nationwide, but it's really been interesting here in Clatsop County and in Seaside. If you drive through any of our towns right now, you can't 
there's no vacant space. There's no vacant commercial space. Mm -hmm. Everywhere is filled. And that's really exciting. It's really exciting to see this entrepreneurial activity. But small business failure rates are pretty high. So yeah. that's something we're really watching at the Small Business Development Center right now is how do we help people navigate this path so that they aren't in that 50% failure rate within the first five years. And there's some really interesting data out there that says organizations who have professional coaching, entrepreneurs who have professional coaching and go through educational programming to help them manage and grow their business have a 65% um, greater chance of being successful. So we're really excited about what we do. It's, you know, like I said, it's free and confidential for the business owners to, to get this level of support. Right on. So with that, how do you guys reach out to businesses? What approaches do you take to supporting these businesses? Yeah, yeah. so we do a lot of community outreach. And when we start, when I started at the Small Business Development Center, it was about six years ago, it was just myself and our executive director, Kevin Leahy. And we had one part-time specialty advisor. And we are now a team of six. And it's, so it's been really exciting to see our services be able to expand and grow. And that means more outreach. So some of the things we do are direct outreach through attending community meetings, the Chamber of Commerce meetings, Seaside Downtown Association, those kinds of environments, and just sharing information about our services out to the community. But we also, I have a media background, and so I really believe in content marketing and the idea that if I add value through education or I'm helping lift your awareness in certain areas that you'll build trust with us and see us as a valuable resource. So we put out a weekly newsletter called the Small Biz News that comes out every Monday morning that's curated content on everything, you know, from latest local news to small business tips and tricks, marketing tips. Right now we're really pushing a shop local campaign through the end of the year so that we're encouraging our community members to, you know, think local first, think small, not just on Small Business Saturday, but think throughout the season about that and starting from artisan fairs up through, you know, up through the local community. So we'll be featuring lots of different types of small businesses through that. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So you guys help businesses get started and get things going. You don't necessarily oversee them throughout their entire... Oh, we, the whole life cycle. Really? So it, we focus a lot on startups. So, you know, because that's when people call and they're like, I have, you know, I'm passionate about baking, but I have no business, you know, background. Um, how do I start a bakery? And so we have a small business boot camp that we help people go through the startup boot camp where they go through a, a program where they develop a business plan and then pitch that and get startup money that um, that we put together from Bona Credit Union and Cedar, the Economic Development Agency. But our primary service is helping existing business owners, whether they are struggling or whether they are, you know, just in need of some specific tactical advice, but we really focus more on the existing business owner than, than just the startup. And that part of that is because so many existing business owners are employers. Our goal is to create a really healthy, vibrant economy here in Clatsop County. And because so much of our economy is based on existing business owners, that's really important for us to support. And so that's why we do so much outreach. That's why we put so much effort into getting information out to the business community, the existing business community, because running a small business is so hard. 
it's so incredibly complex and it's ever changing. And so we are constantly, you know, reaching out and saying, hey, do you know about this change in the tax code? Hey, do you know about this new marketing, you know, marketing opportunity? Do you even know what, you know, what your customers are looking for, where they're searching for? Is your Google listing up to date? Those kind of just really basic things are important, but we also do a lot of strategic planning services for companies. So we'll go in and say, where do you want to be? How are you, you know, do you have a budget you're working on? How can we help you grow? Because growth is a really hard thing to manage for a business owner, especially as they move from a sole proprietor into hiring their first employee. And then as they grow, how do they manage that, you know, over time, right. everything from how to manage employees and the human resources side of it to the finance side of it. So we really look at, you know, all aspects of it. But we also do, a, right now, we're seeing a lot of retirees and people who want to exit out of their businesses. And that can be a very complex process. So we support business owners who are looking to exit out of their business. A lot of business owners, their business is their retirement. So they built this business and now they want to sell it so that they can fund their retirement. But a lot of them don't know how to do that. So we support the exit process as well. Nice. Yeah. So especially since there have been lots of changes um, in economy and things like that and the way that people are, um, you know, outreach, what are some of the biggest trends and changes that you've noticed recently going into how businesses are creating sort of like, like, how they're getting their word out there. Yeah, so if it, you know, there's some really, in terms of marketing and communications, I think it can be really overwhelming for a small business owner because, it, and it depends on kind of what your experience level is and in some ways your age, your, your age group of what you're comfortable with in terms of your communication strategy. And so we know today that there's everything from TikTok to, you know, Instagram, Facebook, you know, your Google presence, websites, there's so, you know, traditional advertising, radio, print, there's so many different ways to get the word out. And people get really overwhelmed by this. They think that they have to do them all. And if you're a small business owner, you A, can't afford to do them all, but neither in time or money. And B, you, you may not be an expert in all of them. And so we really focus with the entrepreneur. We sit down and say, who's your ideal customer? If your ideal customer is in the 15 to 20 age group, then you need to be on channels where they're going to be interested and excited. But if your ideal customer is 50 years old you know, and up, then you probably need to be on Facebook and maybe make sure your Google listing is up to date. So we really try and you know, focus on the basics and focus on putting the customer, we call it putting the customer in the hero position. And this is something that Seth Morrissey's sister, Chelsea Morrissey, came and taught a, a workshop for us. And she really talked about that a lot, about how do you put the customer in your hero position? Because a lot of small business owners start from, I have this passion or I have this skill and I'm going to talk about what I do. And it's not about that. It's about the customer on the other end and what they want. And that goes in, you know, and so business owners who aren't connecting with their ideal customer 
will likely never generate the market demand that they need. And so we really focus on training people, don't worry about the platform, don't, don't feel like you're missing the boat if you're not on TikTok, unless your ideal customer is on TikTok, then let's talk about TikTok. Or if your ideal customer is, you know, especially here in a tourism-based economy where you have a lot of people coming in, they're Googling stuff, right? They're like, where should I eat dinner? And if your Google listing isn't up to date and you have bad hours or it still says you're permanently closed from the pandemic, you, the, the likelihood of somebody coming to your business is pretty low. So we really focus on the customer journey. So who's the customer and how do they find you? Everything from how do they become aware of you down to how do they purchase products. So that's, a, that's how we approach the communication strategy. And so it's, you know, there's so many like what's new, what's hot in the community, you know, and that comes at the business owners a lot, but we really try to get down to the fundamentals because as you guys know, uh, you know, of going through, you know, some basics with FBLA and things like that, business fundamentals don't really change over time. Right. Just the ways you reach customers and the ways you market and the ways you manage things yeah. changes. That's one of the most annoying things is you're going to go eat at a restaurant and you pull up the Google listing and it says their hours are from this time to this time and they're open on that day and they are actually closed. Yeah. Or, you know, it says they're permanently closed from COVID. Like you said, there's still so many websites online that still say that. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I have some empathy for the business owner who's working in their business. Say they're baking or they're, yeah. you know, they, the labor shortages are a huge challenge right now. So you have so many business owners who all of a sudden have had to work in their business and they don't have time to work on their business. Right. So manage their communications. And so it is really important to exactly say that, like remember your customer every day. Remember that revenue is what keeps your, your business open. And that's been a really interesting thing countywide in retail is you know, there's some real pockets in our retail community where they just aren't open. And so it's about building trust. If I go to your retail store hoping to buy a gift for somebody and you're not open at that time, the likelihood is that I won't go back there next time. Same thing if you're a coffee shop and your hours are wrong and you're closed and I need a cup of coffee. I'm going to find an alternative and I'm going to build trust and loyalty with that with that new entity. So I think you're absolutely right that yeah. making sure your, your information is updated and accurate and that you're building trust and loyalty with your customers is critical. How do you think that as a community we support new businesses mm -hmm. and how we support businesses who have been around? I think there's a huge support structure for small and local businesses here, particularly in South County. You know, we've seen more big box enterprises come into North County, particularly in Warrington. That's okay because there's a there's a space and that's that's part of what their their you know vision is for their future community. And we all have in some ways benefited from large Costco's and things right. like that if, if you tend to shop there. But I think we we do have a culture in our community of of shopping small, shopping local. We all live next door to somebody who either works for a small business or they have somebody in their lives that works in a small business or they own a small business. So we're very aware of the small business community. I do, I don't think that there's, I think actually people are really excited when there's new businesses, maybe not if it opens in your competitive space, but I think ultimately as a consumer, because we have only so many choices, new businesses can be very exciting because they offer us in these small rural communities new choices and new choices are fun and exciting. And I think people view business in a different way than just transactional nowadays. I think when you have a 
a store or a company or a product that you love, we form deeper relationships with it now because the world is so commodity based, right? Like, so it's so easy to pick up your phone and push buy now on Amazon. And it's a very emotionless experience other than that like momentary high of, yes, I got it done. But when you go into a small business and you talk to people and you experience that kind of environment and you have a unique experience, that builds a level of trust and loyalty that's, that's different. And so it, it's definitely evolving, but I think this is a very supportive community. And there's so many resources in terms of associations the SBDC, the college. How do you encourage community leadership? Yeah, entrepreneurs themselves, the business owners themselves, are a very important part of our community. And if a business owner is not in their most successful state, and that means that they're growing a thriving business, that they feel really confident in their ability to pay their employees, to generate income for their families, the likelihood that that community leader, that individual, will not be as able to contribute to the quality of life of our community or be the best that they can be, that's what we support. So we support the individual entrepreneur as a way to make sure that their economic vitality of themselves, their ability to generate income, their ability to contribute back to our community is the best that they can be. And that's what we see our role in community leadership. Do you know Jeff down at Brew 22? Yeah. He, when I was taking a training for a job down there, he told me that you cannot be in business unless you've mastered the people business first. Yeah. And I think that's the put the customer in the hero position, yeah. right? Like it's not whether you can generate, like you could be the most amazing cake baker in the entire world. But if you hate the customer, like if you don't <laughs> like the idea that you are developing a product for someone, that's the shift, right? You have to be able to understand that, and this is why the small business failure rate is so high. And the number one reason that small businesses fail is because there's not market demand for their products. And so we see a lot of business owners that start up businesses and they don't do the work to say, hmm, is there actually a market need for this? Am I filling a gap in the market? Is there going to be enough demand for my product is repeated over time that can actually sustain you know, my future financial benefit? And a lot because a lot of people are creators. They, I, the idea that they can translate their personal skill or their personal passion into business, it's not necessarily always a recipe for success. And so I think Jeff has a really good point that, you, again, put the customer, put the focus on the customer, not on yourself, and you'll have a better chance of being successful. What are some of the SBDC's goals for the short term? And then maybe what are some of the long-term goals as well? Yeah. yeah, so we have very specific metrics that we focus on. We're a grant-funded organization. We receive funding from the Small Business Administration at the federal level. We receive money from the state through Business Oregon, which is Oregon's um, economic development agency. We also get funding from CEDAR, which is the class of economic development agency here, and the college. So those are our core funding sources. And because we're grant-funded, we have very specific metrics that we try and achieve. The first metric that we really focus on and our goals is around new business starts. So we try and you create economic activity. With that comes jobs. So the idea that every business owner that starts a new business creates the, a job because they are their first employed, right? So job creation, the ability to add jobs, sales growth, employee retention, capital infusion. So the idea that somebody's putting money or going out and getting a bank loan or they're infusing capital into, into the ecosystem. Those are our tactical goals that we focus on every day. So we wake up every day and say, how are we going to help move the needle in our community in those specific areas? 
kind of larger goals, we really have been looking at some underserved populations within our community. So we, this past, since the pandemic, one of the things that we noticed during the pandemic that is that there was a lot of funding opportunities out there for small businesses to help them navigate the shutdown. So the Paycheck Protection Program, PPP, the EIDL loan, some of those more fundamental you know, programs that were put in place. A lot of Latino business owners were left out of that um, community. They, for various reasons that I don't need to necessarily go into, but we recognize that that was a community that potentially needed to have more assistance. And so we had, we previously had had uh, one Latino business advisor, Emez Ochoa, who works here at the, hmm. at the school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So he's a part-time uh, business advisor for us. And we added one additional Latino business um, advisor. And so we've really enhanced our service to the Spanish-speaking business community. We launched a, several we launched several workshops in Spanish this past year, and so it's been really great to be able to serve that community in, in a richer and more authentic way. And we have seen, we've gotten really good feedback about that and built some really exciting relationships. Moving forward, we'll continue to look at other underserved communities. One of the, you know, something close to my heart personally is really looking at women-owned businesses. But there's not a lot of, there's actually just as many women starting businesses in the community. The big gap is access to capital. So once, the, you know, if, if a woman is trying to get a business loan to start their business or if she's trying to get additional financing, her chances of getting financing at the banking level is much harder and often at a much reduced amount compared to men. So we're going to be focusing on that as we move into the next couple of years. So continuing to focus on our core, you know, core services, and then just strengthening some of the, the underserved populations. Kind of for our final question, yeah. who or what inspires you the most? It's really exciting. The most exciting part of my job, and I think for any advisor within the Small Business Development Center, is the individual entrepreneur themselves. There's no perfect formula for this. Everybody does it differently. So you can have three people come to you and present the exact same business concept and the exact same business idea, but every single one of them will do it differently. And it's really getting to know the individual and really getting to know what it is that makes a successful entrepreneur. You know, as we look at the landscape of so many people trying to do the same thing of developing a product or developing a service, trying to sell that and grow a business. There's so many, you know, there's 1,600 individual, you know, individual businesses here in Seaside that are all doing it a different way. So it really is the individual entrepreneur that inspires me. And I always tell people. I am not going to be the expert in what you're trying to do. I will never be the expert baker. I will not ever probably start a landscaping company. <laughs> I can guarantee I will not. But I can, I can know what I know as a business generalist, but I'm going to learn from you too. And so it's really that back and forth relationship that's so inspiring to me every day and the creativity and the passion and the, the constant learning environment that is business. That's awesome. Love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming in today. It's thank been great to hear a little bit more about, you know, how we can support our local businesses, how you support our local businesses. And, you know, I, I, it's always exciting for me when, you know, there's something new because I'm like, I get to go shop or like, oh, right, I get exactly. to go like yeah, eat new food. Process. It's so right. much fun. It's yeah. definitely one of my favorite things. And I do love seeing, you know, how supportive our community can be towards new businesses, mm -hmm. businesses that have been around a long time. Yeah. So. 
I really appreciate the opportunity to share more about the business community. You know, I'm always happy to be a resource, as is our whole team at the business, Small Business Development Center. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. For our second guest of today's episode, we'll be talking to Katie McLeod. Katie is the CEO and Executive Director of the Seaside Chamber of Commerce. Welcome. This is going to be the fourth episode of Season 2, kind of talking about like businesses, all that fun stuff. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Katie McLeod. I work for the Seaside Chamber of Commerce. I just, it's been a month now I took over as CEO. So I was the interim CEO for a couple months during the summertime when Brian, my predecessor, left. He's now the manager for the convention center. Before that, I started in 2021. I was hired as marketing and communications. And so I relocated to Seaside for the job. And a year and a half later, I'm running it. Where did you relocate from? The Dells. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. um, have you always lived in Oregon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Born and bred. What is your role like at the chamber? What do you oversee? What kind of things do you do? At this point, I see I oversee everything. So that's staff, that's the finances, the membership, the events, anything in between that. I oversee that. And then above me, I have a board of directors that oversees making sure we're keeping track within our mission and our goals and our financing for the year. And yeah, they keep me in track. So what does the Chamber of Commerce do? That's the age-old question of what a chamber does. I think a better question is what don't we do at this point? Mm -hmm. Down to our roots, we're a membership-based organization, and we're a nonprofit. So we are funded mostly through our membership. Businesses or individuals can be a member of the chamber. Beyond that, we do events. We do a lot of advocacy. We can advocate at the city, state, and federal level for our businesses, particularly our local businesses and our smaller ones, too. Anything in between that, too. It really just depends on what our members need at the time. How does a business become a member? Super easy. You can sign up online. You can talk to us. You can call us, um, email us, whatever. You know, we we want to talk about the business first. We don't. We want to say that a, a chamber membership is for everybody, but there's also some steps they need to take before they become a member. So if they're a brand new business starting out, we'll send them to the SPDC to make sure that they've got a good business plan and they get their roots going and you know start their first steps and then they can be a member. What does being a member of the chamber look like? It looks like having an entire team behind you is the best way to put it so you've got our staff you've got our board of directors you've got our our chamber ambassadors that are behind you every step of the way so an entire team takes up the chamber if you need something you've got not just me but everybody else and we're here to help you succeed what are you most looking forward to as I mean I wouldn't necessarily say a new leader but newer I'm looking forward to making it mine I'm coming in with some fresh eyes some younger eyes my goal really is to to make it through the first year not change a whole bunch I know I probably will change some things hopefully for the better so first year is just to keep my head above water and go from there so what are the key ways you help businesses who are struggling say during the pandemic it was completely different than what they need now what they needed before the pandemic so everything changes every single business needs something different as well there's no you know cut corner this is what we're going to do for you so it really is just listening I always say that the chamber we're in the business of solutions and so you come to us whether you're a business or just an individual in the community we're going to get you to the right place the right person or the right tool that you need to make sure you're successful what are your favorite events programs kinds of things to help people get to that point I really love the annual awards in that sense it's giving back to the community and recognizing business of the year the volunteer of the year 
things like that. It's really giving back to that and just showcasing a lot of our businesses that normally are quieter and they, they don't know. And it's, it's great because they don't know they're getting the award until the night of the event when we announce their name on stage. So it's super special. Um, beyond that, this year I started a campaign called Women in Business. And that's like so near and dear to my heart. During March, which is International Women's History Month, I interviewed over 30 women in our community that are leaders. And I asked them about themselves, but also about challenges within their work history and, and things like that. So it was really great and it was very needed. And I didn't realize it was so overwhelming, the feedback we got from that, especially from men too, which was very surprising that they, they loved it just as much as the women did. And it really helps our younger leaders. It really helped me personally. And every time I have a tough day, I go back and like I reread some of the interviews and it just, it helps so much. And it, it helped me overcome like my challenges and my doubts and everything like that so I hope it can help other women too I, I do remember going I remember seeing that I remember because Michelle was part of it yeah. and I remember going through and like just seeing like also like people that I had seen a bunch and I was like I just I see you everywhere but I like don't really know who yeah. you are and oh, me like too. getting to learn about people that way I thought that was super super awesome yeah what are some of the events that the chamber hosts throughout the year we host a whole bunch of different events so I'll just start from the beginning we host Good Morning Seaside which is every single Wednesday we go to either a different business or we have a different speaker come in and talk about business topics to our community and that's open to the public every single Wednesday we also do the annual awards in February March is pouring at the coast which is a craft beer festival then we go into our crazy busy season so 4th of July we host the fireworks and then Seaside Beach Volleyball which is huge <laughs> and then the Dakota is not our event but we do help with that and then we have a little bit of a slow season so now we're gearing up for Yuletide and Seaside which is a whole bunch of holiday themed events like Cradle Lights the Tour Lights the Artisan Fair things like that Speaking of beach volleyball, you had a big role to play in that <laughs> yeah. this year. What was your favorite part? The team. 100% it was the team. I could not get through it without them. I knew them a little bit from last year, mm -hmm. just being part of, I did social media and like the registration last year, so I was behind the scenes more. And so this year, when Brian left, they immediately reached out to me and said, I'm here, I'm here. And they didn't let me forget them because they called me and texted me every single day. <laughs> they did check-ins leading up all the way to volleyball. Through volleyball, they really got me through it. They they really saw me at my worst times. <laughs> and so they were like, they're my best friends now, and they're so awesome. That's awesome. Would you say that's your favorite event, or do you have other favorites, and why? Um, I love the annual awards, but Seaside Beach Volleyball really has grown on me. Even though it was so crazy, and it was, <laughs> I had some days that was I was 18 hours on the beach straight. I got there at 5 a.m. I wouldn't leave till like 10 or 11 p.m. A lot of caffeine, a lot of Red Bull. We had cases of Red Bull in the in the trailer. Same but yeah, I love everywhere. it. It's it's amazing. For beach volleyball, do you think it'll keep growing? I think so. I mean, it's always going to keep growing. We're getting to the point where we don't know if we want it to grow anymore because <laughs> we don't want to diminish the um, experience from our players. It started in 1982 with 12 teams, four courts, and now we're at 1,800 teams, 192 courts. Yeah. So it range, it's almost a mile long just in, in courts on the beach. Mm -hmm. So that way I don't know if we can expand much more because we're right. running out of <laughs> yeah. beach. So, yeah. What's another event that's made progress the most, and why do you think that is? That's a good question. I would say um, Good Morning Seaside definitely has grown. If we miss a week, I definitely get calls and texts of what's going on, what's, what's happening. <laughs> There's just, it's such a need for it. It's, a, you know, it's only a, it's more of an intimate meeting, I would say, and it's a lot of the same people, but we always get new people that come, and it's just, it's a really good way for people to engage with the community weekly. So I would say that, and it, it's it's grown even just a little bit every single month, so yeah. Right on. I remember when one of my softball 
teammates, her and I, when the Hirsch family training facility had first opened, that was like kind of like during COVID-ish, mm-hmm. but I remember we did one there. I remember that, yeah. And our coach was like, do you guys think you would like come show off like some drills and stuff? And we're like, sure. <laughs> like we weren't really sure what to expect. And it was like a bunch of like grown adults in like nice yep. like work clothes. <laughs> and we're like, <laughs> yeah. it was nice too. Like they asked lots of questions and mm-hmm. like, it was kind of nice to be able to like talk to people like, like, okay, I don't know what you do, but now I do. Mm-hmm. It was fun for us yeah. at least. They love it. With the Chamber of Commerce, how do they encourage community leadership? Everywhere we can. I mean, this year it was really women in business. I really, my main focus was to highlight and showcase the, the leaders that are women in our community. I have a lot of ideas moving forward. I want to continue and I will continue the women in business. There's way more than 30 we can do in a month. So it's, it's going to be happening for a lot of years. And to be honest, it's something I would love to not do. I would love to never have to do women in business. But until we get to that point of not having to do that, I'm mm-hmm. definitely going to showcase. And then beyond that, we I have a lot of ideas. We'll see how I go my first year and then maybe I'll roll those out. <laughs> <laughs> How do you choose which activities, events, or agendas to pursue? It really boils down to, does it follow the mission of the chamber? You know, does it does it help our business community, our community in general? Does it help our chamber members? What's the overall goal for that event or program? And how can we achieve that goal? You know, what kind of partners do we need for that? Is there a money cost to it? You know, there's it's a whole breakdown of what we should do. But overall, if it is something that benefits the community a positive way, we will we'll definitely look at it and hopefully do it. What is the mission of the chamber? Overall, to put it, let's generalize it a little yeah. bit because it's probably two pages. <laughs> the betterment of Seaside. That's the overall goal. We really focus on the business community. Obviously, our our leaders in the community and just the individuals in the community, whether or not they're in the business community or not, you know, our overall goal is just seaside in general. But we really focus on businesses, especially our smaller businesses. They need the most help, so and we're there to help them. So uh, how can people get involved or utilize the chamber? One, just give us a call. Mm-hmm. Stop by. Email me. I don't care. Text me. <laughs> if you're looking to get involved, a good way is to go to Good Morning Seaside, volunteer at some of our events. If you're looking to meet people in the community, that's a great way to do that. Especially if you're newer in town, That's I always tell people to, to come. You can be my, my plus one to anything I go to. I'll, I'll put you on my wing for a little bit and show you. And, and then beyond that, it's, you know, if you are, if there's a program you're wanting to do or an event you're wanting to do, the Chamber is a great resource or a partnership potentially that we can help you with to help that succeed. There's things as the chamber we've done over the years that we've either taken an event or a program and upped it up and gave it back to that organization or business mm-hmm. just to help them bring it back or it's something we've taken over like volleyball we didn't start but we've we took mm-hmm. it over I think year three or four mm-hmm. and we've kept it since then so and within that what are some of like your short-term like immediate goals and what are some of your longer-term goals one, just keep my head above water, obviously. <laughs> so I got through our summertime which with all of our events, and um, I did a staff of one. So knock on wood, that never happens to anybody ever again. <laughs> I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. So I think so far smooth sailing after that. But my long-term goals is to really, I want to focus on the young leaders in our community, especially me coming in as a very young leader. I am officially the youngest chamber CEO in Oregon. So I know with that comes positives but it also comes negative so mm-hmm. whatever I can do and what can I learn in the next I would say five years that I can teach other people to help them succeed that's really my personal goal mm-hmm. our final question is who or what inspires you the most it's people 100% the people 
if I'm having a tough day, which doesn't happen that often, I know I keep mentioning tough days, it doesn't happen that often, but when I do, I walk downtown and I go talk to my people. I found a really good group of mostly women in the community that I go talk to. I'll go talk to Carrie Lambert, I'll go talk to Rachel Shack, Ruth Swenson, Don Fujiwara, Pavlik, Ashley Flukinger. Those people, either I text them or I just go see them and they bring me back up and I hope I do the same with them. So that's what I do. That's awesome. awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming yeah. in today. Yeah, it was to me. Yeah. Thank you guys. If you want to listen to more episodes of the podcast, follow us on social media or email us about the podcast. Click the link tree link in the description of today's episode. You can also find posters with information about FPLA and the podcast located inside the businesses of today's guests. If you want to learn more about how things are run or want to get involved in your community, check out www.cityofseaside.us to stay updated on the latest of what's happening in Seaside, Oregon. Production and editing completed by Brody Hillman, Abby Nofield, and Ryan Verosa. Coordinated with the help of Mike Verhoes and John Rail. Music produced by Tyler Froberg. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Seaside 101. Once again, we're your hosts, Abby Nofield, Ryan Verosa, and Brody Hillman. Signing off until next week's episode.